I feel like we should have like a music or a party music, like, you know, some sort of song to launch into this. <laughs> So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. Neha Awasi put her hand up. I thought to ask a question towards the end of a presentation I was giving about brand voice and taking up space at the Artful Business Conference. She beamed her billion megawatt smile at me, looked me dead in the eye and with a twinkle said, have you thought about hosting a podcast? You have such a voice for it. And that was my introduction to life with Neha as a friend, confidant, business referral partner and cackle buddy. She's always straight down the line says what she means and stands strongly behind it and is so inherently charming, it can put you a little off balance. But Neha sees women, as in truly sees them. So it's not much of a surprise to find out what she actually does. And usually I tell you about the word or label that we're unpacking in today's episode, but today I'm going to let Neha be the first to say it aloud. And it is 100% her word. But firstly, Neha, huge welcome to the So Chris podcast. Please tell us what you do and how you came to do it. Oh, Jay, thank you for that introduction. I'll have to go over and revisit that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, So I am Neha Avasti and I help businesswomen and private practitioners unmute their superpowers to create high quality clients in their business and live a life on their own terms. And the word that you're talking about is unmute. It is one of my favorite words and I think it just sums me and what I do in business and life really well. It is, it's, it's a fabulous word. It's a fabulous word. So tell us, tell us all about Neha. Tell us the entire Neha story, you know, in 20 minutes. So I originally come from India and we moved to Adelaide in South Australia. We literally, I literally came with two suitcases and a brown bag and a new husband about like a decade and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and you know, since then we embraced Australia. It was my home from day one. I always knew I wanted to go somewhere out of India. My mom knew at the age of eight, I remember her saying that, oh, you know, she's not going to live here. She's going to live abroad. Yeah, she just knew it. And I knew it as well because I was just such a rebellious and just such a unconventional girl in the Indian society, probably Mm -hmm. like, you know, a nightmare for my parents in many respects. But it was uh, it was homecoming for me when I came to Australia, you know, and uh, since then life has been just amazing. And, you know, on it has been turbulent at times, but still, I would say it has been on an upward trajectory overall. Mm -hmm. Did you feel really I love that you say that it feels like a homecoming coming to Australia. That's such that's such a lovely thing to hear. Did you feel welcomed? Like, how did you guys settle in? Um, if there's a bit of a story too about you. I haven't asked your permission to ask this, but didn't you like smack eyes on your husband to decide that he was going to be it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can ask me anything. Okay? There's no problem. I'm such an open book. I have no 
hesitation in sharing anything <laughs> but yes my husband and i met in a bar in india and you know i was head over heels for him in the first sight like and it's so ironic that i used to believe that there is no first sight love or anything like that like you know it is such a ridiculous <laughs> idea and i fell for it and three days later i proposed to him i said you are the one i'm going to marry you let me know when you're ready and he was obviously taken aback by this girl and he was like oh my gosh like whatever got myself into like she's crazy she's like you know mental what's going on um but 10 months later like i was able to convince him so i thought like you know i really did have storytelling and marketing skills even that in personal life <laughs> And I'm still together after 15 years. We just celebrated our 15 year anniversary. Oh, so I think I think I have like great retention skills as well. <laughs> that is hilarious. Great retention skills. That's so funny. <laughs> well, good, yeah, awesome job. So the word that we're talking about and what what I love is about this word is not just that it is the most delicious word to encapsulate what you do, but I really appreciate the fact that you're willing to talk about this process that you went through because you are a seasoned strategist and also a bit of an expert in messaging and storytelling. And I really love that story that you have, which highlights that even experienced professionals like you have to dig deep and do their scratching about in their own soul to find that those words that are stuck between, I always say the words that are stuck between your heart and your fingertips, because you always know what it is, it's just in there. Um, and, and you managed to find a word that really encapsulated your brand. So can you tell us about that story of finding your brand name? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're so right. Like, you know, I'm always saying like soul has to meet the strategy and they both have to like come together to make that really yummy concoction. Mm -hmm. So the story behind this was really, um, I was part of a Facebook group and a community, a business community. And um, just um, when the, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter um, unrest had started, um, I didn't see anything come up from that community and I kept waiting and I kept waiting and you know nothing really came up and um so they just, just you're saying they just didn't talk about it at all it yeah just, they didn't talk about it, it at was all not and I was expecting yeah and you know yes there were not many brown or black females or women um people in that community it was um just a women's community basically but nothing came out you know no um, addressing of the issue and that wasn't the case when coronavirus had hit um, and you know that made me question the whole thing that made me question like you know do I really belong in this community mm. and I already had those thoughts like you know I had done some deep inner work in the last few years and of course I was having like those thoughts about like you know what it means to be a brown woman in the world of white mm -hmm. um, you know going from my corporate marketing background and being in all of those networking events and just going over all of those experiences it all came back to me flashing right in the face when I didn't hear back from the leader of that community so I decided to just sort of challenge her and just express that I felt disappointed like you know there are at least three or four females or um, you know women in that community who are um not white we are black and brown um, and it is important to me that i get to know what your take on this is uh, because i think um you know business 
businesses can keep it all like really um, segregated that, oh, this is a political issue and this is not. Well, if it is a political issue, then we should be keeping medical issues like coronavirus on the side as well, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, you know, I think business is personal. And in today's world, business is personal and especially the business model that is based on community, mm-hmm. you know, so based on community, if you're saying that I belong in this community and you're charging me and I'm entitled to be a member, then I need to know whether I really do belong this and what your stand on this is or not so that I can make my own decision where we are aligned in terms of our values. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was in that, um, sort of unrest and it was unrest in my mind and my heart as well when um, I was trying to it was my first experience when I you know challenged this and went through this and I was trying to make a whole meaning of the situation because I decided to leave that community based on that mm-hmm. um, because all what I received was kind of like a backlash uh, to um to my comment and um i could have approached it differently like you know because i like really just like put it in the forum so you know i learned a lot from that um experience as well and um yeah it made me to go deeper into the layers as to where and how i want to draw boundaries next time that happens or um just question a lot of things in my mind and that's where I, it was actually a little bit before that. Um, and, you know, with this experience, it just got consolidated in my mind because mm-hmm. I had an idea, which I, you know, it was funny because only a few weeks before this happened, I had just whimsically announced a podcast called Brown Woman Unmuted because it was my truth, my experience. And I could see like brown women all around me being muted and not even knowing about it. Mm -hmm. They thought that's the fact of life. And when this incident happened, it just reinforced that how much that was needed in the world. Um, And, you know, which is where it just came to me and I decided to own it. And in answering your question, I think that's what happens. Everyone knows deep inside what they stand for or what is meaningful for them. Uh, after they have done a little bit of inner work, I think, you know, in trying to get to know themselves and their business and what they are here to do in the world. But the next step is to actually trust that and own that and and then just go forward with that, which I did, like, you know, um, it, which is where Unmuted came from. And then I seeked out your advice because I felt like, you know, what is my brand message? Um, and I knew it was something related to this. And then you recognize it is unmuted. And it was unmuted because that's exactly the message um, in every part of my life and business I have been living and promoting. And, you know, my work is very representative of that word now. So, so I believe in it, which makes it very easy for me to market it as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want copywriting glory and an itty bitty price tag? The Crisp Copy Class Self-Guided Course Option is a comprehensive copywriting course for women ready to write bank-making copy on a bootstrapping friendly budget. Over 30 hours of recordings, oodles of downloadable worksheets, tutorials and structural guides, everything from about pages to sales pages and all the copy in between, all with lifetime access. Wet your whistle at crispcopy.com.au and click the courses tab or check it out in the show notes.
How did your community and the people that you work with and your clients and your, your business owning colleagues, how did they respond to, um, to that brand? Did, did you feel that rush like I felt when we first had the, when we had the, the branding session where I was like, it's so obvious, like you already know this, you're already using it. Did everyone have that feeling of, yes, Neha, that's it. Um, you know, yes. Yeah. Um, in <laughs> short, like I had, like, you know, when you said they were like, I was like, okay, you know, that's it. Jay. Like, you know, this is it because yes, like, like I had no second guessing about that at all. Like, you know, when it, when I felt in my body, um, I knew it was exactly the same feeling when I had met my husband and I know, <laughs> it sounds a little bit, you know, when I know, when I, you know, like you you know, know. your body, yeah. yeah uh, your body tells you, and it's about training your, I guess, mind and brain to in, tune into that feeling as well. And I got such a massive reaction from wherever I put that out. Um, you know, even my community now, like, you know, I, when I say, um, I have a Facebook group called unmuted for business women, for trailblazers and who want to be heard, people just jump onto it. People are like, okay, I belong here or not. Yeah. Like, you know, yes, and which yes. is exactly what I wanted. Like I want people who are on this journey on this, uh, creation of business and life with me. And, I have attracted the right kind of people, the people I want to work and I am able to help. And I think a big part of that is uh, because of this messaging, because I'm saying what is true about me. So they don't see any, um, you know, there is no difference in what they see on screen and offline. Like this is me who they get um, on Facebook posts, in Facebook groups, in business, in general life. I love it. Um, Yeah. I love it. So you, you had some experiences growing up where this, I mean, that's, you, as you said, when we had our one-on-one session together, that, that you had all these experiences growing up in India that made you really question your, and these might not be your words, so please, I'm paraphrasing from the conversation we had and feel free to completely correct me, but you questioned your worth um, as a brown woman and that really um, formed a foundation for how you wanted to move forward with your business and the way that you live your life now that you do have, uh, that you are in a position of authority, that you do tell people what to do. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Jay, you know what, like growing up uh, for the longest time, actually, I would say until a couple of years ago, I didn't even know what the word worth even means. So I come from an Indian family where fairness or having white skin was the epitome of beauty. And it was, you know, I I was, a, I am a brown woman with not a fair skin. And it made me question why fairness was so important. Like, you know, why was it so important? It seemed like a fact in that society because everybody just, you know, did the same thing. Everybody rubbed their skin with lemon juice or fairness creams. And it felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. But then underlying there was always this constant anxiety about the skin I lived in because, you know, the messaging messages um, were all around me from my mother to my relatives, to my aunties. Even now, when you go to India, the first comment people say, 
like on two things, you know, how much fatter or thinner you are, or, you know, from the last time they saw you, or I how think that's a universal thing. <laughs> yes, and how much darker or fairer you are, right? you know, and yeah. that makes me question, that makes me, you know, it, it made me question that, is it all, like, is it all that you notice or are curious in the first instance after meeting me for so many, after so many years? And, you know, like, I was always questioning things from tradition to hypocrisy to religion, you know, everything. But um, like, of course, like when you're made to question your own skin color, uh, which is tinted, I felt like I was muted in so many ways because, um, because we internalize, you know, whatever we consume and whatever is um, around us, um, basically. So I don't think I was expressing myself or I was standing in who I was or even discovering and owning who I was. And I was made to question all the things that were actually were my superpowers, um, you know, my sensitivity, my creativity, my loudness, my questioning, all of these things that I feel like are my superpowers right now um, were, were made to question in that society. So I think, um, yeah, now I've forgotten what the actual question was and I've gone off tangent, but... Um, no, you haven't. You're perfectly on tangent. Just just the, the growing... I know, because we talked about the growing up and now, you know, the your community is for everyone, um, for women, for all anybody that identifies as a woman. But the, the Brown Woman Unmuted podcast that you're working on obviously is going to celebrate and amplify the kind of the voices like the voice that you had when you were a child growing up having this kind of experience, um, which really flips the story, doesn't it? Where you're celebrating the, the skin and the life that people have rather than trying to lemon juice it away. Yeah, absolutely. And which is exactly what my intention was to really amplify the voices that were muted at one point, like, you know, which is exactly what my, and you know, that looks different. I know there are a lot of women in white skin as well, whose voices are muted for one reason or the other. Like, you know, Australia has its own problems, which I never thought was possible because, you know, when I was growing up in India, I thought, oh, like, you know, West has no problems. They're like 50 <laughs> years, 70 years ahead of us. But, you know, we still have like the highest rate yeah. of domestic violence and so many other issues that, in fact, I had no idea growing up. Like, I grew up in such a, um, you know, protective and a very harmonious family environment that I had no idea that these issues could be so um, deep-rooted and intense. So not saying that, like, you know, white women have their own issues and own um, reasons for having muted voices. But definitely with my story and my um, experiences growing up in India, I feel deeply passionate about that brown women need another sort of, you know, another degree of upliftment and amplification of their voices, um, which I have experienced in my own um, you know, own life, like working in Australia, in corporate Australia. Um, and yes, while I got the embrace, but I know not everybody gets the same embrace and mm -hmm. not everybody gets the same treatment. Um, so I'm very cognizant of all of those things and which is why I feel um, so passionate about raising those voices, even like, you know, to, to another degree altogether, which is where the idea of the podcast came from. 
I can, cannot wait to listen. <clears throat> I'll make sure that we link um, everyone up in the show notes so that they can go and find you and follow you and wait for good episodes. To yeah, drop. still working on it. It's a, it's a project that I dropped the ball on a little bit, but like, you know, ne- nevertheless for many other good things. <laughs> so that, it will that happens. Coming. That happens. Yeah. So I have some natural projection, which is a very filtered way of saying that I'm just naturally a loud person. Um, I'm also 49% introvert on the fancy internet tests, which which is kind of funny. And as soon as I got that result back, I was like, this makes perfect sense to me. But when I'm out, I'm definitely out and loud and proud. Um, where, where I think that this can be a hindrance to me and my brand is when I teach brand voice to the amazing women who choose me to teach them, um, I sometimes think that they believe because I fully embrace my loud, fat, kind of glorious messiness that they have to craft their brand voice to be like that too but loud is really actually part of jay it's just it's the cheerleading walk into a room you can always hear my voice above everybody else's if there is someone in the back row and i'm on stage without a microphone and i'm sure this comes from my whopper days and my musical theater stuff i want that person to be able to hear my song and hear my message and it's just a part of who i am for other people you know, maybe they just need to ask for a microphone. And I think that that's, that sometimes gets in the way of what I teach. I have to keep reiterating to my great people, to my great folk and the women that I work with, is that they have to find their own version of that, that they're really comfortable to stand in the spotlight and deliver their message however they want um, so that they find that platform or amplification device whatever that device is that suits them and their values and their personality and so that their brand voice and get them to get their message heard in your gorgeous notes you wrote about um, re- preferring to resonate rather than be loud can you tell us about that talk talk us through that you know in business I feel um it's such a fragmented and a noisy market that, you know, I feel like everyone can just feel that pressure that you all, like we all have to be loud. Mm. We all have to be like another J and that's not what is required. Like, you know, J is J because, you know, that's who she is. Like you are aware that these these are the strong suits that you have and and this is how you show up best like you know this is your personality and this is how you want to be in this world but it really does not mean that someone who is a very quiet and a very mellow uh, person they have to become this another version of jay another clone of jay that is like that is the absolute like, you know, the opposite of what you should be doing, because I feel like you become resonant, resonant when you are yourself. And that requires some awareness work that requires you becoming confident in owning who you are as a person. Um, And then just amplifying all of those things, whatever those things might be. And I think, Jay, if it is okay, like, you know, I wrote a poem recently and that's exactly what I said that you don't owe anyone to be thin to be pretty to be polite to be nice to be mellow to be less loud or to be more loud to be extroverted or to be introverted to be shy or to be brash to be like anyone to be like anything else other than who you really are 
And that is like the best marketing you can do. And which is why I'm always saying that, you know, we are hunting for that brand story. And while strategy and hunting for that brand story, creating it and articulating is a very important work, but living that story Mm. is equally important. And, you know, they go hand in hand together. And which is what you were saying, like you don't have to, and nobody has to clone themselves into any other version, but in fact, they have to come home to themselves and really own what they are and how they want to show up in this world. Like, yeah. you know, they just yeah. have to get clear on those qualities oh, and uh, just but amplify in, in all those. fairness, um, Neha, that is a harder thing to do. That's a harder thing to do than to craft and superimpose somebody else's already successful brand over the top of yours of course it's easier to outsource to an agency or to um use someone else's a little bit more than inspiration of course that's an easier job than have exactly what you just said imagine just having to come home and sit with yourself (laughs) and think what are the shiny glorious amazing bits of me that i can move through the business world with every single day that I'm happy to have out and on show, which makes me more vulnerable. That's way harder. Yeah. And it is harder, but like, you know, I definitely agree. Like it is hard work, but then who said business was going to be easy and life is going to be easy. Yes. And you know, (laughs) like we can be okay if it is hard and we can, you know, we can work it out. And, and that's exactly what happens because what people tend to do is avoid that hard work and they look for, okay, like someone else just tell me that answer quickly, swiftly right now. Yes. And what happens is they, they don't really sit with that answer. Like that maybe like, you know, that brand strategist or marketer or whoever that person has a different approach to that. And this is what they see. And that doesn't sit well with you because you haven't done the work to really align it to who you are or like, you know, so you really have to do that work. Like, you know, like at one point you will come back to that square again mm-hmm. and, and you will end up doing that work because otherwise it's just exhausting to live two lives, you know, living to that story that someone else has told you versus who you actually are. And, and I think it's a great recipe for sabotaging yourself as well because that's yeah, in business and in life, right? It's yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah, it's not just a business lesson. Yeah. Well, Neha, it's so crisp. So we're certainly having a takeaway and a call to action and a do something, please, dear listeners, moment here. So, what is the one thing that you hope that women who have heard your voice today will go away and do with the stories that you've told us? Oh, one thing they would do. Um, You know, I would love every woman to really sit back and take um, an inventory of all the things they're doing in business and life and then really just assess, like, you know, in which areas they're living by someone else's blueprints and in which areas they're living in their own um, sort of creation of that blueprint. Um, And to me you know, that is living an unmuted life when it is true to you, because then you can live loud and proud. You, you show up in the best self that you are. Um, and, you know, that takes away all the worry that so many women are worried about. What would they think about me? Like, you know, what would other people say? All of that is just removed when you, um, you know, when you just really come home to yourself. And, and, and I think um, it's a great recipe for flourishing your business as well. 
That was lovely. Excellent advice. Uh, thank you for being unmuted and so crisp with me, Neha. You are always welcome to sing your song on any stage that I am on, for sure. Um, and definitely use my megaphone if you need. Now, I know you don't want to take us out, so I'll just ask you, do you have a favourite word? Oh, yes, I do have a favourite word, and that is unmuted. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I probably should have seen that coming. <laughs> well, um, darling listeners, may your day be so crisp, as crisp as the wickedly delicious delight in Neha's voice when she talks about cooking for people. You've got to have a conversation with her about that. And when she discusses really, really good chai. Thank you, Neha. <laughs> it was such a pleasure, Jay. Always such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so crisp, and my guest has been Neha Awafsi. Oh, did I get it right? Yeah, you did. Okay, let me say it again. This has been so crisp, and my guest has been Neha Awafsi. Neha helps businesswomen unmute their superpowers to create high-quality clients in their businesses and live a life on their own terms. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.